Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Hey, Amy, you know what today is? What's today, huh? Today is a big day here at Grace and Peace Radio. Wow, so big, I don't even know about it. I know, I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Today, this is episode number 70. Is it really? It okay, is. cool. Yes, it is. So, Very cool. I know, right? That's, yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, they say that most podcasts don't last beyond eight episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that stuff. Yep. And then people just quit and they pod fade mm-hmm. like I did over the summer. Um, <laughs> but let's keep going. And so they die out. Well, so this is a big deal that we actually got to episode Yeah, no 70. kidding. Since I, I didn't know that stat. Wow. Yeah. And I, I can't believe it either. So I thank the Lord and very listeners, we, we thank you mm-hmm. very much. And we're just so glad to to be here. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that Amy suggested. I said, hey, Amy, you got any ideas for the show? And she said, well, I was had made a very small list a uh, while back. And one of the first things on there was I wanted to talk about the importance of reading the Old Testament. And the reason for that is I remember back in the day when I was a pretty new Christian and frankly, learning to read my Bible on a regular basis, you know, making that a priority of just really not understanding why the Old Testament. And over the years, you and I have done some counseling with people and just conversations with people. And there are a lot of believers out there that don't like reading the Old Testament, don't think it's important, kind of had the same questions that I did early on in my walk. So, Yep, that is true. And I know even in those 20 years when I was a nominal Christian, a false Christian, really, I would read through, I think I had read through the whole Bible, but I definitely know I read through the New Testament several times. But the Old Testament, probably maybe once, if that. Oh, okay. But obviously, when the Lord saved me, I grew to have an appreciation and then a love for the Old Testament. In fact, for a long time, Leviticus, which is often considered one of the harder books to read through, you know, everybody can read through Genesis and Exodus, and then you get to Leviticus, and the incline (laughs) starts happening. Right. But I really enjoyed that and, and still do. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, to your earlier comment about getting into this when you were a pretty new Christian, mm-hmm. I still think you're a pretty Christian. Aw, good husband stuff. There you go. <laughs> smooth, right? Very smooth? smooth. Yes. There you go. I'm just going to end on a high note. I think you might as well just quit while you're ahead. Yep. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. So, Amy, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Why is it important to read the Old Testament? 
I'd say the primary reason is because God tells us to. <laughs> We're believers. When Christ saves us, we're to be in his word, and his word is all of it, Old Testament, New Testament, every book, every chapter. But the other reason is the fact the whole book is about Christ, and so many believers don't, don't know that or don't understand that. You have Christ from creation to revelation. Christ is in the whole entirety of the Bible. Yeah, so that does include the Old Testament. Interestingly, I didn't know that you were going to suggest that, obviously. I just asked you what, you know, mm -hmm. do you have any ideas for the show? And then you suggested that topic. And literally, this past week, I had an exact conversation about the importance of reading the Old Testament. Really? I did, yeah. And so this is, it. it's funny how again how the lord works things yeah but did, yeah had no idea and the first place i went to was second timothy three sixteen, and there paul says to to timothy all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And without creating a mini sermon on that, I do want to break it down. Mm -hmm. How much of scripture is God breathed? All of it. All scripture, Paul says. All scripture is God breathed or is inspired by God. And how much of scripture is useful? All of it. All scripture is God breathed and is useful. So that right there tells us we ought to be reading the whole of scripture, even if the verse just ended there. Mm -hmm. But as God is kind and the Holy Spirit inspired it, he even gives us reasons for this. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So all of scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that even means the genealogies. That means all of scripture, all the Old Testament. And you're saying genealogies. And one of the things that I was had down was all the lists of names and or numbers yeah, yeah. In the various Old Testament mm -hmm. books. And, and I want to mention that as well, yeah. Then Paul goes on and gives us a, a further reason. He says, so that, so here's the purpose. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that, there's the purpose, the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. How well equipped? Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Completely. Equipped completely for some good works. No, every, every good work. So here we see this statement of totality where this totality is repeated over and over through this verse. Mm -hmm. And Paul just keeps underlining this idea that all of scripture is useful to this end. And just a note for me that 
in that verse 17 when it says, so that the man of God, that's every believer. That's not interpreted as just a pastor. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. So that's one verse that we would look to that should remind us and stir us to read all of Scripture, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, let's go to Luke 24 real quick. Luke 24, Jesus has resurrected, and now he's with the, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. So he's walking with them. They don't know who he is yet. And, you know, he's, they said, haven't you heard what was, what's been going on lately? And he says, well, you know, what things? And then so they kind of explained everything to him. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God. And I'm starting in verse 19. And all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And so they, they walk through the story. Then they say, you know, they went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And then Jesus rebukes them and says, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Now, this is the key, verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So there you have Moses, the law, yep, and the prophets. Yep. And that all of it, like you said earlier, it, it all points to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so again... We need to be in the scriptures in the Old Testament because it's still relevant. All Absolutely. Of it. And then a third section that we could look to as to why it's important is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's see, it's 14 verses. I'll try not to read the whole thing, but first 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 14. And Paul's writing and he says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. And he's talking about the wilderness, the, the exodus, and then the wilderness. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the same spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. And then he talks about their disobedience. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Verse 6, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And then Paul warns them, Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. And he goes on, and you know, Don't commit sexual immorality. We should not test the Lord. Don't grumble, as some of them did, and they were killed. And again, he says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. And then he gives a warning again. So if you think you were standing firm, be careful, you don't fall. So here again, Paul, again, is saying that all of this is written for our benefit as examples to us. And if you haven't read the Old Testament, 
you're not going to have the context. You're not going to appreciate the depth of what those verses are and what they mean to you as a believer if you don't know what they're referring to. Right. Plus just the disobedience of, it says they were set down as an example to us. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't know what the example is if you haven't read the example. Yeah. Just from a, a couple of verses in the New Testament, we see that even if, let's say you're listening to this podcast and, and you started off and you said, yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe it's important to read the Old Testament anymore. Well, three times already we've seen in the New Testament that it points back to benefits of knowing and reading the Old Testament. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if you were listening to this and you didn't like what we had to say, the Bible itself, the New Testament itself, is saying, go back and read the Old Testament. Right, so it's not us. You right. know, we're obviously we're sharing this with our listeners, but it's God himself through New Testament scripture mm-hmm. that's telling us this. Do you have anything else you want to mention? Uh, I've got a few things. One thing that I wrote down was it's sanctifying. Reading the Old Testament is sanctifying in the sense of it is part of the discipline we learn in being believers, in being obedient. Yeah, I still get bogged down in certain areas of the Old Testament, but I keep at it because it's what I'm supposed to do. And I do make an effort to look at it with fresh eyes. And not just, oh, man, you know, got this many more chapters of Chronicles to read. Looking at it through fresh eyes. How, how is it relevant today? What, what is God teaching me now in this time of my life, whatever it's going on, that I can apply to my everyday life and a better walk with Christ? Right. And so there again, I'm hearing... Even the discipline of going back and reading the Old Testament is part of that training in righteousness. True. Mm-hmm. And then the things that you learn are those things that are useful for dot, dot, dot. There you go. So, yeah, that's great. It's it's sanctifying. You know, the, the discipline of reading it, of the time, the attention, the... Holding it in, um, not reverence. I mean, yes, reverence, but uh, again, just the, just applying the discipline to it. Equal importance. Right. You know, but I, I'm trying to say um, the, I don't know what I was trying to say. Okay. I don't quite know where I was going with that. Probably because I've been up since 4 a.m. But a couple of things I've got. The Old Testament, like the New, but the Old Testament teaches about God, about his character, his dealings with men, right? His dealing with nations, even, Mm -hmm. his faithfulness, his mercy, his mercy, you know, all these, all these characteristics, all these attributes of God. You know, we see them 
we are introduced to them in the Old Testament. Right. And then we see more and more aspects of, you know, and intensities of those, right? So we see, for instance, in, in creation, we see God's splendor, God's majesty, God's creativity, God's omniscience, omnipotence, that he just spoke it into being and it came from nothing. Then we have, when we have the fall, and then right there at the fall, Genesis 3.15, we see the beginnings of God's mercy, even God's mercy to provide coverings for Adam and Eve. Right. Mm-hmm. And his, his going after them. And again, that's, that's the very beginning. That's the first time we're introduced to that, those attributes of God, which of course then we see in full display in the person of Jesus on the cross and dying for our sins. And the, and God's long suffering. Right. All those, Mm -hmm. all those prophets. Yeah. Yep. And all the times the Lord said, turn back to me and right. And his patience through year after year, you know, century after century. Right. And we see that even in the the new Testament, when Jesus tells the, the parable of the vineyard, mm-hmm. how the owner of the vineyard kept sending servants to those who were renting the land, the tenants, and they kept stoning them and, and you know, beating and stoning and killing them. And it refers and so on. directly back to right. the Old Testament yeah. and the prophets. Yeah. So they teach us about God and his character and his dealings with men and his faithfulness. We see even his. His genius, obviously, it's a strange word to use when you think of God because he's omniscient, but I'm amazed. For instance, the Tower of Babel, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think of here is here, human beings are gathered together and they come up with this idea that they're going to make this tower to heaven and whatever it was, it's something idolatrous, right? They're setting up something that is elevating man while relegating or, you know, devaluing God. Right. Trying to make themselves equal to God. So God doesn't simply knock the tower down. God does something. um, I mean, who would ever think to write this if this were fiction? God annihilates their plans. How? By confusing the languages. Mm Mm-hmm. By giving them a, a variety of languages. I mean, that's that's brilliant. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like, that is incredible. What a, like, go Lord, you know? Uh, that, again, fast forward to the Exodus. God, and it was his plan all along, was to birth a nation out of another nation. By the way, you're going to be sent out of Egypt and when you go, you're going to plunder them. They're going to give you all their gold and happily give you happily and shoo you away. Mm-hmm. Go. And I mean, the awesomeness of God to, to devise 
these plans of of judgment or redemption, you know, like all just the, mm-hmm. it's amazing. all the pieces. Yeah, to to see the mind of God at work is just astounding. So we'd be fools not to take every opportunity and every means that the Lord gives us to know Him, and I mean that really in the biblical sense of what a fool is. Mm-hmm. And providing that comfort of the constancy of God. Right. Yep. Exactly. You know, you think of how, again, 1 Corinthians 10, God led them in the cloud and the fire. God made sure that the sun wasn't too hot on them by day, and they weren't freezing cold at night, and their shoes didn't wear out and all that. The constancy and the care of God through all of it, you see God in action. And it should teach us to be in awe. Mm -hmm. God is our Father. God is our friend, but God is God. Right. And and there is a sense of awe and fear as in reverence we yeah. should have for him as a result of what we read. Right. So they teach about God, and I'm I'm borrowing this God then man transition from John Calvin, because that's how he opens his institutes of the Christian religion. He talks about knowing God and then knowing ourselves. And but the point is that the Old Testament they teach us about men. They teach us about human nature, our original state, our fallenness. And again, God's plan to redeem and correct that problem. And then the return to God's original design for us, you know, our glorification. But they teach about our fallenness. We we see the cruelty of men. Mm -hmm. We see covetousness, greed, lust, arrogance, arrogance, rebellion against our creator. So it shouldn't surprise us when we see these things in the world because, again, we see where they all originated. Cain killing Abel. And then it just goes from there. Exactly. So they teach us about mankind, about human nature. And like you said, another reason is they point us to Jesus. In fact, like we said, they're all about him. The whole Old Testament is about him. Mm-hmm. And it, in reading the Old Testament, it really does prepare us for the New Testament and the gospel. Right. As you brought up this topic, again, I was thinking about it. The Old Testament is full of warnings for us, both explicit warnings, right, when we see God's law, his moral law laid out in the Ten Commandments, uh, verses like Micah 6, 8, you know, what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to walk humbly, or but to do do justice. Do justice, have mercy, walk humbly with your God. And to do justice and to have mercy and to walk humbly with <laughs> thy God. He's much better at this. I, I had to go back to my songs. <laughs> I had to go back to my teenage Calvary Chapel days to get that verse right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Mm. <laughs> and there are explicit warnings to us, right? We read the Proverbs and there's warnings about pride and lust. And there's also implicit warnings as we read of the the events of men and women and nations and rebellion against God and the folly of 
pursuing life apart from God or rebelling against God or power. Yeah. Uh, you Folly know, of power. Yeah. The, the destruction of, I mentioned last episode, Hophni and Phineas mm-hmm. as two terrible priests and Saul and, you know, David even, um, how his kingdom just fell apart and all that happened after that. And so there are these, these warnings over and over yet. There's also encouragements. Oh, absolutely. Over and over, uh, encouragements to faithfulness, whether it's again, beginning with Abel or again, read judges, right? You've got Gideon who is both an encouragement and a warning, right? Joshua is an encouragement. Hannah. Hannah, yeah. All people and lives that that are a warning to us and should serve as a cautionary tale or, or an, an encouragement. encouragement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in the events, just seeing Pharaoh and you know Saul's downfall, for example, I'm reminded again of Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar you know, and his period yep, of insanity. Yep. And what is different between the rulers of the earth then and the rulers of the earth now? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And Psalm 2, where the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break his, our, their bonds in pieces and cast them from us. And then the warning to kiss the son, lest he be angry. That still applies to leaders today. The kings of the earth, their hearts are in the hands of the Lord today. Mm -hmm. So again, kind of like what we talked about last week about God's sovereignty and how we can keep calm in in the chaos. That's just another example. Right. So there's so much wisdom and, and insight and importance in the Old Testament. The Old Testament shows, again, God's sovereignty. And I know that's one of the attributes of God that mm-hmm. you know, we talked about, how the Old Testament shows his attributes. But it's also God's sovereignty, both in the those temporal dealings that were going on then, but then also we can go back and read, we read the Old Testament now fully aware of where God was going with all this. Right. Mm-hmm. Back then, as Jesus said on the way to Emmaus, yeah, it was all pointing to him. It was mystery, right? It was mystery because it didn't look like what they thought it was going to look right. like. Right. And that's why Paul, over and over in the New Testament, talks about how this mystery has been revealed, mm-hmm. and it's now Christ. That which was hidden from the ages has now been revealed. Well, now we, we can see that, and we see God's sovereignty not only in those te- temporal situations, but also in the full plan of redemption. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to see. Like, look at Acts chapter 7 and Stephen's martyrdom. And he gives this final speech, and it's amazing. And I mean, you see how much he knew the Old Testament. Oh, my goodness, yes. You, you get a summary yeah, yeah, just in what he says right. before he's killed. Yep. And it's amazing. And so, so that's another thing. So those are just a few of the reasons that I can think of. And listeners, you're probably sitting there going, you totally missed 
X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and that's not surprising. We probably did. Oh, I want to talk about too, just as an example, even the genealogies. Mm-hmm. I did have that circled. One of the things that I brought this up in, in conversation this week is even though we hit these spots in the Old Testament and there are these genealogies. Mm -hmm. And to us, it might be dry reading. To them, it was important history and it was important to have those lineages recorded. Right. Well, for us, it's important for two reasons. Number one, it gives us the lineage of Jesus. We have Jesus's lineage going all the way back to Adam. And then it says in Luke, the son of Adam, the son of God. So we have Jesus's earthly lineage, number one, which ties into number two. And that is, as we read those lineages, don't just read them as names. Read them in a, in a bigger picture of, let me encourage you, that, that is, to read them with this idea that God was working salvation through all of these generations. God's plan of redemption was being lived out, literally, with each successive generation. It was getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Very good. I had not thought of it that way. And so we read these genealogies yeah, they're names on a page, but they are in neon lights, a promise fulfilled, the promise fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We can sit there and think, wow, all of that was the plan of God, of redemption, how God wove that in there. And those names, if they're in the Bible, the Lord felt it was important to have those names in the Bible. Exactly. I mean, the Holy Spirit inspired every name, every word of Scripture, every name that's in there. Mm -hmm. You know those movies? My dad hates these kind of movies. The <laughs> movies that do the flashback words. Oh, yeah, my mom hates those too. Mm -hmm. You're here, you're there. You're, you're, there's all these time jumps. Right. Flashbacks and oh. memories. Yeah, and, and then you flash back to a further point mm -hmm. and then a nearer point and then into the future. That's how I understood the Old Testament for a long time. I just didn't understand the timeline. I'm hearing about the Israelites in the desert. I'm hearing about prophets. I'm, it was all you know, kings. and all, I just didn't understand it. A couple of resources I'd like to mention real quick. In fact, you don't have to read the 248 pages of this <laughs> book. It's helpful, but is an old book you can probably even find it for like 99 cents now on Amazon used or something. 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders. Excellent, excellent resource. It's, it's one of the first books I read after I got saved. Actually, I think I had that book before I got saved and I just kept it and never finished it until after. He gives an entire lay of the land of the Bible and he does it in the form of an arc or, you know, you th you see those, uh, the arches mm -hmm. under stone bridges and you've got like a keystone in the middle and all, you know, well, he doesn't necessarily use a keystone in his illustration, but there's this, this arch and each block on the arch. And 
I just realized for the third time now, listeners, I have made a hand gesture <laughs> drawing you an arch. So my hand has been moving around, been moving in an arch shape now five times as I say this. Yeah, of course, I'm watching you do this and not thinking anything about right. it. Each block on the arch is a period in the Old Testament. I'm going to read to you the, the, well, I'll read all 12 blocks of the arch. Okay. So if you want to, if you have no idea what the Bible is about, this is what the whole thing is about in a nutshell. There's 12 parts of it. Creation, patriarch, exodus, conquest, judges, kingdom, exile, return, silence, gospel, church, missions. I won't say it again. You can go back and hit rewind and listen to that, but that's it. And so the first from creation to return is the Old Testament. Silence is the intertestamental period of 400 years. And then we've got the New Testament, gospel, church, and missions. If you don't know anything about the Old Testament, or you have no idea what's the big picture of this, that's it. Super helpful book. And again, page 248 has the whole chart on there. It's great. And we taught it to first and second grade Sunday school kids. Yes, we did. We modified it to, yep. to teach that group. And they captured it. It was, it was amazing to watch. Yep. And I still remember when we got to... <laughs> yes. We got to, after conquest comes judges. Mm-hmm. And there was one little boy. He was like five years old. Brocky. Brocky. And Brocky... What happened after Judges? What, what, you know, how did, how did Israel sin? What did they say? You remember what he said? Yeah. Yeah. What did he say? I, I want, want a king. king. And he'd stomp yeah. his foot. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's right, Brocky. They all said, I want a king. We want a king. And he would stomp his foot. And, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. So yeah. again, a little child can understand the whole scope of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's our encouragement to you. And the other book we could recommend is God's Big Picture, Tracing the Storyline of the Bible by Vaughn Roberts. And that's a great book. I was introduced to it in one of my seminary classes uh, at RTS when I when I did some seminary work there. And it's just a really helpful book. It's But you read it through class. You really encouraged me to read it. I read it. It's like, this is great. It, it gave me a better understanding. And then when my mom was really starting to read the Bible, we gave her our copy and it, she really appreciated it. She said it it really did help her. Yeah. So two great resources to help you get your bearings. If you're not familiar with the old Testament. Mm -hmm. And also I'll just throw this one out there. Two other places you can go are Psalm 78 gives a long history of Israel. True. Mm-hmm. And then also, again, Acts chapter 7, Stephen's martyrdom, you can read what he says there. And so you can check those out as well. So is it important to read the Old Testament? Hopefully, 
we've con- lovingly convinced you lovingly convinced you that yeah yeah don't miss out on it right go for it and if you start reading the old testament email us we'd love to know what you think as you're as you're getting into it you can email us at show at graceandpeaceradio.com we hope that again you make every effort and you enjoy every effort to enjoy the lord and enjoy him in his word exactly and so that's that's our prayer that's our hope and we hope that in some way shape or form we have the joy of just being a little part of that and Mm -hmm. thank you for letting us into your lives thank you for the time yep and we appreciate you very much lord bless you and thanks again so much and we'll talk to you Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.